Welcome to Alabama AgCast, a weekly conversation about news and issues affecting Alabama farmers and forest landowners. Alabama AgCast is produced by the Alabama Farmers Federation. Hey everyone, welcome back to Alabama AgCast. I'm Casey Rogers, Director of State Legislative Programs for the Alabama Farmers Federation. I'm really excited to have part of our external affairs team back in the studio today. We have our Agriculture Council, John Allen Nichols, and our legal intern, Chloe Burris, with us today. Welcome, guys. It's good to be here. I'm really excited to have Chloe on the podcast today. I think it's going to be fun to get to dive into this and uh, get to know her a little bit better. Yeah, we've we've had a really enjoyable summer so far. I'm I'm glad that we've still got half of the summer to go, and we're happy to have you, Chloe. And um, if you will, tell us a little bit about your pathway to Alpha. So I just finished my second year at the University of Alabama School of Law. I have one more year to go. Very excited to be on the downhill slope on that one. Uh, before that, I went to Texas Tech and I got an undergraduate in agricultural economics and a master's in agribusiness. Yeah. So Chloe, tell us a little more about your background and kind of, you know, how did you end up um, at Texas Tech and then how, you know, how did that transition you over to the University of Alabama? So I grew up really involved with agriculture. I raised sheep and goats my entire life, um, was very involved in my high school FFA chapter. I originally went to Texas Tech uh, planning to go to medical school, not being involved with agriculture at all. But um, after my first semester, I said, I don't really know what I want to do, but I know I want to get back to agriculture. And I knew that didn't end up with me being in a field somewhere. Um, so I was talking to my parents and my dad said, um, I was going to support you in whatever you did, but I swore from the time you were five, you were going to be a lawyer. Not sure that was a compliment, but I kind of rolled with it and, um, just kind of combined the two things and ended up in ag economics and really enjoyed it. And I think that's probably one of the coolest things about agriculture is there's a lot of supporting roles in the industry and a lot of different avenues that you can take. Um, And so we're going to hold our thoughts right here. We're going to break and then we'll come back and we'll dive a little deeper. It's never a dull day on the farm, especially when your day starts before the sun comes up. We're Alabama Ag Credit. And while some don't get it, we do. As the local experts in rural real estate financing, we've helped farmers finance everything from homes and land to tractors and crops. Because sometimes your natural resources need financial resources. Welcome back to AgCast, everyone. We're in the studio today with part of our Alabama Farmers Federation external affairs team. We've got Chloe Burris um, and we've got John Allen Nichols. Um, We left off with Chloe diving into her background, and I'm kind of curious about John Allen's background and, and past agriculture as well. Yeah, absolutely. So it's funny because mine and Chloe's backgrounds um, are pretty different from the standpoint that I grew up in suburban Birmingham. My grandparents had a farm, but I didn't grow up on a farm. I didn't grow up in FFA. And in fact, um, up to the point when I got to Auburn, I was actually heading to dental school. Um, But what's funny, uh, that's a similarity between me and Chloe is I think Chloe actually talked about she was heading to med school or she thought she was uh, when she started at Texas Tech. Um, But I got to Auburn and I actually majored in poultry science. Um, I'll be honest, the reason I picked poultry science was 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 a selfish motive. It was scholarships. Um, I talked to some people from Auburn and they talked about how great the scholarship program was um, at the Poultry Science Department. And it still is. It's a great a great opportunity for students that are interested in um, that kind of thing. But um, I still wanted to go to dental school. And when I talked to an orthodontist who I had been working with, she insisted that I had to pick poultry science because, you know, how weird was that going to look on a dental school application? You know, they'd get lots and lots of biomedical science applications and uh, 
you know, pre-dental track, but she said, if they see a poultry science application come across their desk, she said, they'll at least have to stop and give you an interview. So that was my plan. But I actually got to Auburn. I got involved in the College of Agriculture through some various clubs and other activities, um, particularly Ag Ambassadors is one that I look back that kind of projected me um, to where I am today. It's the one that, that, that let me see that... Um, I didn't necessarily have to be farming if I was going to be involved in the agricultural industry. And that's kind of what brought me around um, to this job, actually. Uh, the College of Ag does a mentoring program, and Brian Harden was my mentor. And um, he's the one that actually first suggested going to law school. It wasn't really on my radar. And so on his suggestion, off I went to law school, and kind of the rest is history. Yeah, I think it's important to note that uh, John Allen and I are both in similar roles at this point and want to do pretty much the same thing. But he had a very science-based undergraduate program while I had much more business and we still uh, went to law school and have been very successful in that in representing farmers in that industry. Well, and I think one of the coolest things about it is, you know, I, I don't think I ever realized how much of an importance ag policy plays in the day-to-day -day lives of farmers and boots on the ground. Um, and so, you know, you guys know it better than anybody, but, but why would you say that this ag law field is important in, in policy formation and for our farmers? Well, it affects them, I mean, in everything that they do. Um, you know, the, the more we move into a, a regulatory state, and that's kind of the direction we seem to be going in, um, farmers face those obstacles every day um, on their farm as well as in the business world. And so it's just one of those things that as more and more obstacles pop up, we've got to have people out there that are helping them to overcome those obstacles so that they can continue to do um, what what they do, and that's to feed and clothe us. Right. And as urbanism continues to spread, that's going to be even more critical to represent them. And as technology progresses and it becomes such a big part of what they do every day, I think that they need that representation in the legal field because um, there's so many aspects that you don't realize that affect them. But there's always a small part of almost any type of legislation that goes through that affects farmers and ranchers, and most people don't realize it. Absolutely. Um, I, I think the importance cannot be measured. We've talked a little bit about the background of ag law and how you guys got into the role where you are now, but let's talk a little bit about what you're working on this summer um, for Alpha, Chloe. Okay, so the biggest thing I'm working on this summer is updating our ag law and you handbook, which is located on the Alpha Farmers website. Um, Part of that process includes sending out a survey to our members to get um, some updates on any kind of legal questions that they may have. Um, it's actually going to be going out tomorrow, and it'll be available through July 15th. Um, so that we would like for our members to take the time to fill that out and let us know of any uh, legal questions that they have had in their farming operations, um, and we will make sure to get that included in the new version of the Ag Law and You Handbook. I'm also putting together a farm vehicle regulation pamphlet that farmers can keep in their vehicles to reference any kind of exemptions they have um, from vehicle regulations and any other questions that our members bring up or um, our external affairs team deems needs a little bit more research. Um, I'll do some legal research into that and try and make sure we're as educated as possible for our members. Absolutely. 
And I want to rem remind our members that um, while these are some great resources for them, this never is a substitute for sound legal advice from an attorney that represents you. Um, these are meant to educate you on the issues that you face, and we're happy to answer those questions, and we want to answer those questions for you. But I want to remind everybody, too, that, that we're not giving out legal advice because that's not what we're here to do, but we do want to answer your questions. Um, and that's, that's exactly what, what I'm here for and what Chloe is here for. Well, and, and thank you both for your service. Um, Chloe, we have really enjoyed having you with us this summer. Um, the help that you've given us has been crucial. And I think um, as we get the results from that survey, we can only better serve members. And so that's what we're here for. Um, I think we'd be remiss if we didn't speak um, a little bit to the Ag Law Partnership um, that was launched recently with Faulkner University. John Allen, tell us just a little bit about that. We're really excited about this. We're calling it the Ag Law Pathway, and it's a partnership between Alpha, the Farmers Federation, um, the National Agricultural Law Center out of Arkansas, uh, Faulkner University, as well as the Department of Agriculture and Industries. And so what it's going to be is it's a, a pathway for students who are, are law students at Faulkner, and they will apply their, at the end of their first year of law school. Um, through this pathway, they'll get an internship with us, a guaranteed internship. They'll get a, a fellowship research position with the National Agricultural Law Center, and they'll also get an externship with the Department of Agriculture. And that externship will actually satisfy um, some class credit there at the law school. Um, in addition to that, the law school is going to be offering an ag law uh, seminar, which we're really excited about to see Faulkner um, expanding into the agricultural law realm. Um, but we're really looking forward to the opportunities that that's going to pose um, for those students who are interested in agricultural law and kind of want to pursue a career there. Yeah, I can speak to two of those experiences, um, both with Alpha and with the National Agricultural Law Center. I've served as a research fellow um, with that center this past year, and I've really enjoyed it. Um, for anyone that wants to get involved with agricultural law or even just have a good understanding of it before they go into practice, I think it's a great program and a great resource for Alabama and the agriculture industry. Well, and what a partnership. I mean, you have all of the major agriculture players um, at the table, and I think it's really important for the future of ag law and for the future of, of helping our farmers in, in that area. And with that, I'll close this out. Again, this is Casey Rogers, Director of State Legislative Programs, and we've had our Agriculture Council, John Allen Nichols, and our legal intern, Chloe Burris, with us today. Um, we're excited to serve you guys at the Alabama Farmers Federation, and uh, please see our show notes and check out the survey that will be launched tomorrow. Um, we would appreciate your input, and it is our honor to serve you. And now, your weekly Ag Cash Wrap-Up. I'm Jacob Davis, Executive Director of the Alabama Peanut Producers Association with this week's wrap-up. As we continue to reflect on the 100-year anniversary of the Alabama Farmers Federation, this week we'll take a look at the history of the peanut division. With numerous preliminary meetings among peanut farmers starting in November 1956, articles of incorporation for the Alabama Peanut Producers Association were filed in January 1957. Minutes of the earlier meetings outline the justification for forming the organization being for research and promotion, while citing an example of the success of citrus growers in Florida and their achievements in research and promotion as compared with other areas of the U.S. growing citrus crops. The first referendum was held on August 17, 1957 on whether or not to assist peanut farmers for the 1957, 58, and 59 growing seasons. 
the referendum passed with 2,488 votes for the assessment and 1,042 votes against. The association originally had nine directors to guide their work, representing the nine counties in the southeast corner of the state growing peanuts at the time. There are currently 15 directors representing the entire state since peanuts were grown in 33 Alabama counties in 2020. APPA has been instrumental in using checkoff funds to partner with research professionals at Auburn University and the Alabama Cooperative Extension System to increase income potential for peanut producers. In 1952, the average yield for an Alabama peanut producer was around 1,000 pounds of peanuts per acre through a myriad of experiments that have been funded and conducted since 1957. Alabama peanut producers are experiencing average yields of around 3,500 pounds per acre. APPA has also been instrumental in helping purchase peanut planting and harvesting equipment to assist with research projects over the years. APPA has established or been instrumental in establishing other organizations to supplement and enhance its overall mission to represent peanut producers. In 1986, Peanut Pack of Alabama, the Connected Political Action Committee of APPA was formed. The PAC is designed to strictly function as a political action committee through a voluntary contribution per ton of PAC members. Peanut Pack of Alabama is governed by 12 executive trustees with one trustee from each of the 11 peanut producing districts along with the president of APPA. In 1998, the Southern Peanut Farmers Federation was established to allow southeastern peanut producers to speak with a unified voice. The organizations that comprise the SPFF are the Alabama Peanut Producers Association, the Florida Peanut Producers Association, the Mississippi Peanut Growers Association, and the Georgia Peanut Commission. Not only has SPFF been effective in working on peanut policy issues, it has also become an umbrella for other activities and projects that the four organizations undertake collectively. These include the Southeastern Peanut Research Initiative, Congressional Member and Staff Relations Programs, Peanut Leadership Academy Program, and the Southern Peanut Growers Conference. Speaking of the Growers Conference, this year's event is July 15 through 17 at Edgewater Beach and Golf Resort in Panama City Beach, Florida. APPA has been a wise steward of peanut producer resources over the decades in the areas of research, education, advocacy, and promotion. We were pleased to receive a 95% approval from peanut farmers in the latest referendum in July 2020 and look forward to serving Alabama peanut producers for many years to come. For more information about the Alabama Peanut Producers Association, visit our website, alpeanuts.com, or for more information on the Southern Peanut Farmers Federation, visit southernpeanutfarmers.org. Thanks for joining us this week. Alabama AgCast is sponsored by our friends at Alabama AgCredit. Give them a call for all your farm and land financing needs. For more information about today's conversation, check out the show notes or visit alphafarmers.org slash agcast. Be sure to follow Alabama Farmers Federation on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Tune in next week for another timely conversation from Alabama AgCast.